Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Leaders Podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about an ugly, ugly, ugly win. But you know what? The last two weeks prior were pretty fucking ugly, and it does still feel better to win ugly than to lose ugly. 3-0, I think the Wild won 3-0 in their last game, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that was uh, that setback the National Football League back to, like, the 50s. Um, it was rough. It was rough. Obviously, the defense, you know, won the day. We end up benching the starting quarterback, bringing in our former backup, who was the backup, but as we know, he was hurt. So we're going to talk it through. Obviously, what I was just saying before I hit record, we don't have to really go break down a bunch of different drives, you know. So that's one good thing. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk it through. We did get a lot of folks injured. Now, whether they can't play this week or not, you know, Justin Jefferson stands way out, just got back into the game on, like, his third target, and he had to leave the game. But it does sound positive. Maybe he won't play Saturday. But overall, it's not like his spleen's fucked up or you know, it's long or something like that because it, it looked pretty serious. So, um, so we'll talk it through. Then, obviously, we got to look forward to Saturday. A little quick turnaround Saturday at noon at Cincinnati. We got to play those Bengals, um, and we think we know who the quarterback is going to be—a former uh, Viking. We we think, um, but yeah, we're going to break it all down. Then we, of course. We do have some news. Uh, the, the defense coordinator for the Gophers is gone. We usually uh, end the show with the Gophers segment. So we had a lot of positive news. And then the D.C. coordinator, gone, the coordinator. All right, so we'll talk it through um, in just a short little bit. Get this thing started. This is your first time listening to the college – I say college ball show on a Monday. The Purple People Eaters podcast. Welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there. You can find this year Purple People Leaders podcast under Ropadope Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, Podbay. You can download the podcast app. Also check out the Living in Loserville Spricker page. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the Grueling Truth com and Sports News 24. And one more quick thing from DirecTV Stream. Sign up today and save up to $64.99 when you get DirecTV Stream. Our best deals of 2023 for a limited time, $69.98 for the first two months. That's saving $50 when you get the entertainment package and the DirecTV Sports Pack. Pick the DirecTV Stream package. That's right for you. All right, let's go ahead and bring in the co-host. Well, man, that, uh, <laughs> I mean, we've seen some ugly games, and uh, we have been, speaking of college, we have uh, been playing in the uh, Big Ten West, which is no longer now, for quite some time. So we do know ugly football when we see it, but man, that one, Aaron, that one was really, really ugly. But like I said, a win is a win, and it feels a lot better with a dub than it does these last two weeks uh, where the shit was ugly 
I guess for certain, re- you know, different reasons because of the turnovers. This week, at least we didn't turn the ball over a bunch. Yeah, I want to just reach out to everybody who uh, heard me say last week to uh, hit the over on this game. I couldn't have been more wrong um, unless, you know, it was 0-0 overtime, but then somebody would still have to win, so maybe a safety, and that's the only way I could have been more wrong, a 2 nothing uh, victory. Uh, nonetheless, um, I can really break down the first three quarters for you. It's blah, 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 punt, blah, 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 punt, blah, blah, punt, and so on and so forth. Blah, blah, missed field goal. <laughs> miss field. Let's not forget that. We're going to bring that one up. This guy still has a job. <clears throat> um, he did hit the, he did hit the winner. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but that was inside of 50 yards. There's some stats on that. I think the Eagles have hit seven. Some of the teams at eight and we've hit three. Over 50, nonetheless, that's a digression. Um, but, yeah, what a game to watch. I just sat there going, you know, wow, you know, the offensive futility and then, you know, what happened to Jefferson. Just couldn't get anything done offensively at all and just makes the defense shine out a little bit more. Um, you know, they're a top five club now, I think, in yards and points uh, defensively. It's amazing what's happened on that side of the ball. I know we're going to get to that, but. Man, uh, that was a tough one to sit through. I guess the only silver lining is that, you know, you did come out with a W. Yeah, it's it was it was it was ugly, no doubt about it. I mean, defensively it was great. I still can't believe uh, they were able to do that. I mean, <laughs> when you see stats like this, it reminds me of like 1984 Nebraska versus the Gophers or something like that. They got eight first downs. And don't get me wrong, 16 is not a ton for the Vikings, but eight effing first downs for the Raiders, three of 14 um, on third down, two of two early on fourth and one. But other than that, I mean, it was uh, it was a wrap. And, you know, both both defenses played well. Obviously, they got a lot of pressure. And as we know, the, the key to getting Dobsey is one adjust, especially the uh, outside linebackers and the uh, defensive ends. We've seen that. We, we've seen them basically keep them in the pocket or force them to go negative yards to try to turn that corner, turn the corner early in the game. It almost damn near took his head off. It probably should have been. Uh, there was like two helmets to helmets that I didn't call last uh, in that game last night, but uh, – yeah, man, that, uh, I mean, JJ comes in, makes a great grab. He's on the ground holding his lower back. Sounds like it's his chest. We were just talking about, did it just like go through his whole body? It was nice. Like I said, at least he's okay. Uh, because that, that didn't look good live. That's for sure. I was, I was pretty concerned. And anytime a, a guy on the road goes to the hospital, you know, it's pretty serious. So it is good news for him, you know to come back but yeah really the only um the only positives you know positives is that field goal drive or I should say the missed field goal drive 12 plays took up six minutes um the zone read definitely was out there early for running the ball and you know we were running the you know what on the ball early and often I mean overall we knew that was somewhat of a weakness for them I think they came in to the sixth worst or something like that. So I did like how they stuck to that run early. And uh, there was a chance to, you know, 
go further in that missed field goal drive. Uh, we did have a low pass there that kind of bounced. I thought uh, I thought he caught the ball for a second. I was like, how did he? Oh, he did. It bounced. But, you know, for, for that to have the missed field goal there, that was uh, that was pretty rough. It's like, man, you knew points were going to come, you know, with with all, I mean, it's like times ten in that game points. But yeah, that that was a rough first half. But even that, so we had contained. It was ten of fourteen for sixty yards uh, for O'Connell, O'Connell, and but only nine carries, twenty five, two point eight a clip. Whereas on the on the flip side, fourteen carries, eighty five yards, six point one a clip. Um, at that time, Jefferson was the leading receiver at half basically right at half at that time Dobbs 5 of 11 you know 40 yards it wasn't looking too good um we talked last week Aaron like the writing was kind of on the wall that Dobbs was going to start again you pointed that out pretty clearly and I agreed with you and and I wasn't gonna I was kind of in between like I'd have been fine with both of them uh both of us were kind of like that um you know, and also Coach Kale made an interesting point of this is usually when he gets benched, you know, in his career. So what I did is I wanted to install some confidence and go a little bit further, which, you know, when he says it like that, it does actually make a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, <laughs> as it turned out, it was like, well, um, yeah, I see why he gets benched, but you know, we do have to say, as far as pass protection, it was it was pretty rough, especially that first half, first two and a half quarters. It was it was pretty rough. Um, and then when he did have time, he was a little inaccurate. You know, like I said, he went low to Powell, which could have been an easy first down. Maybe we score a touchdown, and the game's out of reach at that point. Um, but you know, a lot of folks were down on Coach Ko for that decision. I really wasn't, and, and even when he gives a, a reasoning like that, it's like, yeah, that, that's a good point. Might as well try. And it's not like he was throwing picks left and right. But, yeah, the the run offense blocking was pretty damn solid. Matson was running really hard. Um, but it was really hit or miss in the, uh, the pass protection, no doubt about it. That's a really good point. You know, I thought they ran the football well enough to maybe not throw the ball 32 times or whatever the final stat was. I thought they could have ran the ball a little bit more. Um, but that's not O'Connell style. So everybody out there, you know, just run the ball. Yeah, okay, but that's, you know, this is the offense that he has. You're going to throw the ball in this offense. And I don't want to hear about, you know, how we should run the ball like P.J. Fleck and then complain about the fact that he didn't throw the ball. I mean, you can't please everybody in this world. Nonetheless, you know, Dobbs, Chris, you're right. The book is out on Dobbs. Uh, it probably was out uh, before the buy, um, but now they know contain him, keep him in the pocket, give him a little inside pressure, don't let him escape, um, give him complicated things to look at, and you know you'll probably have a pretty successful day against him. We're not going to obviously you know turn into an option team or a, or a team that's going to run Dobbs on a lot of planned runs. Um, so you know you're right about how we you know evaluated it last week in the bi-week show you know we were fine either way um i think i leaned more dobbs uh just for continuity reasons um and 
I really didn't think Mullins would have as much to offer as he offered in the fourth quarter there. Um, he seemed decisive. He came out, he threw the ball well, and he and decisively down the field, hit Addison. Um, but we got to remember there was a, quite a few drops for Dobbs. Not that that would have changed anything drastically, but KJ dropped a couple. Um, there was a, maybe one. Nailer, third down, Nailer. Uh, Nailer got hit in the face with a ball. Um, so there is, <laughs> there's that. Um, but, you know, it didn't seem like the offense was, you know, cohesive at all, Chris. It seemed like everything was scattered for those first three quarters. Um, besides the run game, which showed a little bit of life. But, you know, I guess I won't say we were wrong because we kind of, you know, we're behind KOC and his decision. And I think what you explained of, about what he said is, is an adequate reason to start Dobbs. The real question is, you know, what do you do next week? Are you going to start Dobbs? Are you going to start Mullins? Um, to all of us, it seems like an obvious decision, but we're not in the locker room. We're not in the in the front office. We don't know what the conversations are there um, about Dobbs, about Mullins. Um, we just see what we saw on the field at the end of the fourth quarter in a, you know, a drive that I guess won the game, um, by allowing a field goal to be kicked. But yeah, I mean, you gave up something for Dobbs. So maybe two wins is, is equal to that. I'm not sure, but, uh, I don't really care to see Dobbs again, um, unless, you know, he comes in for an injured Mullins, but I don't, you know, I'm in the spot where I don't really care to see Mullins either. So, you know, Kirk's not coming back anytime soon. Although there was a note that if we make the playoffs, he'll he might be able to play that game. But that's for another. We're not that's getting another, into the hey, Rodgers stuff because right. Rodgers was supposed to play by now too. Remember? Right. And you know, <laughs> I don't I don't have a real want to see Hall, but I think you, Chris, and you and I are in the same boat. It's like either all of the three all have their reasons why they should play. All have their reasons why they shouldn't play. And so it's like you got to leave it up to coach and his decision about what he thinks is best because at this point, you know, Dobbs has his pluses and minuses. Um, Mullins obviously has his pluses and minuses, and Hall has his pluses and minuses. And sure. you don't want to go matchup by matchup, but you want because you want the offensive line in whatever shape they're in at this point. You know, O'Neill went down, uh, our boy Ingram went down. Uh, none of us knew that that was a bye week injury. Um, but it seems like the other side with, uh, Darisaw, Reisner and, and, and Bradbury are, yeah, are still in good shape. Mm-hmm. And I think Questenberry's a pretty good backup. I yeah. my doubts about Brandel, but you know, sure. I think in a pinch, uh, he can come in and play spot duty, which he's been doing. Um, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of moving parts last night or yesterday that, you know, makes it a little hard to evaluate the offensive side of the ball, but. You know the de- defensive side of the ball is 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 a marvel at this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just kind of wrapping up that that drive, the drive. They're going to call it the drive in years to come. Okay, no, they're not. Um, well, first <laughs> it was funny though because Mullins came in and almost threw a pick right away. Uh, the tip. Uh, well, I suppose it was it was going to be a tough pick, but. He threw it right to a dude. Uh, TJ wasn't open. Um, or at least you were going to have to put some serious touch on it or something to loft it over the dude. Because dude wasn't open. Or he was, he, he was behind him. You know, so it wasn't, he wasn't open. It wasn't a jump ball scenario. But after that, I thought he settled in. 
Uh, KJ had a nice first down catch on a third and three. Uh, TJ as well on a third down. I think there's like three third downs on that drive. Addison had a catch and run that put us basically into that field goal position. Um, so that was, that was pretty nice. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because someone made a point, uh, Alec Lewis, I want to say his name for the athletic. He's very, very solid when, when we're trying to find dudes or females and males, you know, reporters that aren't just trying to tweet whatever the fuck they want um, to try to get the impressions. This dude's legit. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because he said O'Connell hasn't said who it's going to be just yet. But he was saying, you know, I will say this, on tape, um, the tape does show that Dobbs, the read option, did help the running game on the early downs. And then Nick Mullins did perform, you know, pretty well on third down. So you're like, yeah, that, that is a good point. Now, we had already, without even the, uh, you know, the different, we're kind of mixing it up with the run lately. But either way, we are running the ball better than we were. And at first, I did think that both of us talked about how we'll at least get a notch up from Dobbs um, with the run. Um, that's obviously faltered the last couple of weeks. Even this one, he got five runs, but only for 21 yards. Um, but 10 carries, 66 yards, 16, the long one for Matson, And even Chandler came in and had 12 for 35. Overall, though, I mean, 30 carries, um, a buck 32, and 4, 4.4 a carry. I mean, that that's pretty damn good. Um, and, yes, I know the Raiders' defense isn't great at stopping the run, by the way. Um, neither is Cincinnati. And last week, obviously, I think they were the second worst. Actually, even with Denver, they were the worst. So um, you got to exploit the weaknesses. So, you know, I think that when, when push comes to shove, I, I just feel like you got a guy who, who knows the system a lot better. He's, he's at least more comfortable in it with Mullins because he has been here. Um, he definitely gets the ball out quicker, you know, um, and he's going to, you know, he's he's just going to throw the damn ball, like, when it's supposed to be thrown. Now, does it mean he's not going to have picks either? And I'm not talking everyone has picks, but he'll probably throw it around a little too much. Um, and we talked about that last week. In fact, if you look at through 17 career starts, in 17, so it's a season, right? He's got 24 touchdowns, over 4,000 yards, right? So that sounds good. But, you know, he does have uh, 21 picks in that time, too. So, which, you know, 17 games, 21 picks, whatever. But at least he's been around the block a little bit. And those key third downs, and, and like I said, just being decisive with the ball, especially if we can get knock on wood Jefferson to come back, I, I do think we should go with him. And then maybe Hall, if not. I just, Dobbsy, he's not comfortable in the pocket. And like I said, there was a lot of pressure coming from the right side, no doubt about it. There was, especially early in that game, a ton of it. But there's a couple times where a hole's wide open, he could have ran through it, waited, waited, then went to go run through it, someone clogged it, backed out of there, and it was acting like he was going to outrun Crosby to the – like he just does stuff, this pocket awareness, it's just – it's really bad. Uh, he's not comfortable in the pocket. He's, he's trying to look like 20 yards and down. It seems like he doesn't want to – when he uses his little quick options of like, hey, there's a guy open, it's too late usually. 
Um, and like you said, the pressure and those drops, he did have three, I think three drops. And, and I think two out of those three were going to be first downs. And we always say, whether it's a turnover or a drop or whatever, or penalties that put you way back, um, you never know what happens on those drives, especially in a game like this. But I do think he takes some sacks that he doesn't need to. And, and that does kind of mess us up. So I would definitely go with Mullins um, until it looks, you know, <laughs> really bad, you know, basically, which isn't really selling him, you know, strongly to the locker room. But um, it is what it is. I agree with you on the Mullins thing, just because of the night and day difference you saw in that drive of just decisiveness and zip on the ball. And, you know, even if the ball wasn't well placed, it was going to the right place at the right time. And you're right, you know, Dobbs tends to play a little bit and late on throws, misses some guys. He doesn't see stuff. Just seems like he might be a little overwhelmed. Um, which is, you know, he's been around for a while. It'd be hard to say they'd be overwhelmed, but it just seems like it, that's the case. And, you know, maybe it's learning so much so fast and, you know, probably had six different offenses in six years or whatever. I'm not going to make excuses for him. He, he didn't play well, and he hasn't played well for a couple of weeks. Uh, Mullins is healthy. Uh, it looks like he has a good grasp of the offense, and like you said, he's been around. Um, I'm with Mullins on this one, too. Uh, but the caveat is I just, you know, if you threw Hall in there, I'd be like, fine, let's see what happens. You, know, you want to sure. go Dobbs again? Fine, let's see what happens. I mean, I didn't expect us to win more than six games this year for a multitude of reasons. We just won our seventh game, and I don't know how, you know, but it's happened. It, and I, mostly I think it's the defense, uh, particularly when you haven't had Jefferson. You lost Kirk. It's pretty amazing at this point that you got seven wins and that amazingness that to me just has to go with Flores and that defense and just holding teams to zero touchdowns. Um, who could have called that? Nobody. And that's what's holding this thing together. And the problem with all of this, Chris, in my head, because I'm a big, you know, try to get us a quarterback early in the draft guy is that this defense is not going to allow that to happen. This is a defense, Chris, I think. If you can win three nothing against a very not very good Raiders team, um, you can win fourteen ten against anybody. Now that's you two can touchdowns. Win. Hold on, you just gave us two touchdowns. I don't. Oh, maybe there's like a pick six. Okay, okay, I got. You. I mean, you could you could win. You beat San Francisco. Defense had a large part to play in that. Um, it's just well, about that getting was the one offense. Of our best lines. Line, I don't know. We it's were moving just, the ball in that one. Yeah, but I, I mean, what, what I'm saying is you can go toe-to-toe with a good defense. You can go, I mean, took yeah, the ball from the game. Ravens yeah. Yeah. to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that, so, no, you know, don't clip that. I'm just <laughs> saying uh, it's amazing what a good defense can do for you, particularly in playoff time. And that just changes the whole view of, of the rest of this season. As well as, cause I mean, the quarterbacks you're facing, can Jake Browning figure out what Flores is doing? I don't know. Can AJ McCarron? Pretty sure he can't. Or he'd be in the league. Um, you know, uh, can Jared Goff, you know, does, what does he have planned for Jared Goff? We haven't seen the Lions this year. What has Flores got planned for that? You know, it, there is a lot of things going on here. And, you know, I would say if our offense was scoring 30, okay, but I would not be nearly as confident. And strangely enough, um, as I am, 
in a in a lights out defense and what it can do uh, coming down the stretch of a season and, and possibly in the playoffs. It's that's kind of the thing there, you know. It's like you could you could possibly win four of five games just due to the defense that nobody can score on you, Chris. And, and that to me is is a I won't say frightening uh, thought because that'd be great, but man, it just it's hard to place you know what what this team can do and if you can get any offense at all and whether that's Mullins, Hall, Dobbs, anybody, you know, at this point I'm like, you know, score me 17 and I think we win almost any ball game. That was the old Warren Sapp. Just, just give us 17. We'll take care of it. We're in Tampa Bay. Um, I would push back on the how though, because up until these last two weeks, we were moving the ball. We just kept turning the ball over. So I think that plays into why and how we, if we would have just cut instead of four picks, two picks, we probably won that Denver game. You know what I mean? So I, I would probably push back on the, uh, on the how we got to six or seven wins, I guess, because, you know, it, it was turnovers. When you look at one and four, we were fucking on the league record, you know, fumble type shit. So I, I would, I would push back on that a little bit, but you're, <laughs> You're dead on on this defense because it, it keeps you in the damn game. This type of shit, it does keep you in the game. And anything can happen. It's wide open. A couple weeks ago, didn't Philly look like the dominating force? And then all of a sudden, the Niners went through a little bumps and bruises. And now now they're looking strong. Now the Cowboys are looking strong. But we know it's the Cowboys. You know, it's not it's not the mid-90s. So who knows? In a couple weeks, they could all of a sudden falter a little bit. So you're right. I mean, it is wide open, especially in the NFC. Um, and literally, we'd have even if we go two and two, we're getting to the playoffs. You know, it's just it's just a matter of where we're going to end up. And that last Detroit game, hate to look too far, you know, far down, but the, you never know. They may already have a spot. They may be looking to rest because they got to play, you know, in the wild card round. So, but speaking of defense, as we should, I mean, dude, pace. I mean. This guy, I got a little echo going on. Pace, um, the game winner, INT, 13 tackles, had a sack, just all over the place. I mean, from the first possession, I think he made two tackles on that first possession. Like, he was just eating them up. Um, and I'm pretty sure I know who got him on the team. I'm pretty sure. And, and then Blackman. I mean, Blackman and company. There was a lot more people but Blackman considering the matchup he had a lot of the times um when he went head-to-head with Adams he's playing out of his mind and if you look at you know we have two out of the top five defensive uh a lot of people swear by the PFS so I'll use it for him uh two out of the top five rated rookies on defense um so you know before you start freaking out from a Georgia Bulldog safety that you know, we don't know what he's going to turn into. Maybe it will be a 100% bust. Does it kind of look like that right now? Sure. Now, we're deep at the safety position, let's be honest. So maybe, you know, if Harrison Smith comes back for one more year, you know, safety, maybe he can get two more years. It's tough to say. You never know. Maybe he will. But we got to start focusing on what else Quasey did. And those two dudes, uh, along with he made, you know, he had, a, he had to have had it something to do with the, the hiring of Flores. So, um, 
Yeah, this defense, dude, like I said, eight, eight first downs, three of 14, had those three turnovers too, 202 total yards, uh, some hits on the QB, four sacks. I mean, it's just amazing. It's funny. I've seen this. Well, we just got to, you know, Flores is going to be gone more than likely, so we just got to get a guy not to touch the defense. It's like, dude, he formulated this fucking shit based off a, a college defense, formations that haven't been seen in the league. And he's just supposed to, we're just supposed to not touch it? Oh, just do what Flores would have done. That's not how these things work. Uh, not just the week-to-week stuff, um, but the in-game adjustments, when to call that blitz, when to be like, all right, it's not working, they're taking advantage of us, let's, let's drop eight. So this dude, and we say it every week, maybe it's getting – you know, sickening to the audience, but I just can't stop. I mean, this dude, I mean, and then Metellus. Here's another re- we So we extend Metellus, another Quasi move, and we got this. He's lined up at strong safety, free safety, both cor- or the, all three corners, left, right, and slot, left inside linebacker, right inside linebacker, middle linebacker, both outsides, defensive end and defense. I mean, the dude's lined up pretty much everywhere. Um, and when have you ever heard of that, really? We've heard of striker positions and all these, you know, there's like eight different nicknames for that. This has been a different level. And here we are, um, you know, fifth in scoring defense, fifth in yards per uh, allowed, per play allowed. I mean, this guy, it's it just, it's a miracle. And like you said, it keeps you in every single solitary game. So we got the dub. Any other items from loose items from this game, or should we get into uh, preview and predicting Saturday's game? Just a reminder, guys, it's Saturday, not Sunday. Well, I needed that reminder. I thought it was Sunday, uh, Saturday game. I guess we're at that point in the year. Um, I wanted to say that you know we haven't mentioned his name, especially during the bye week show, um, because he had injury. But a Caleb Evans has come up and, and been a solid corner. Uh, you're right about Metellus, Joker, Monsterback, all the different, you know, names you could put for the position that he plays. I think that was the first position ever played in football was like a monster back position in like seventh grade. Um, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, yeah, Caleb Evans, you know, he's got to stay on the field, but I think we said last year, even Chris, that we think he's a starting corner talent wise. Um, and he's been a starting corner this year. He's had some injury issues. Um, but, you know, he's played really well, so I want to add him into the list of players that, that have played really well under under the scheme. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, unheard of guys that we talk about. And you're right, we do go on and on about, but what else are you supposed to do? It's been an amazing turn of events with this defense. And, um, you know, we're coming up on a road game in Cincinnati, Chris. Um, we don't know exactly who the starter is. We know it's not Joe Burrow. We know that. But we don't know <laughs> right. if it's going to be our old boy Jake Browning, uh, training camp wonder. Or the uh, old Alabama guy, A.J. McCarron, uh, from what I saw, he wasn't very serious with Browning. He was dehydrating his hand cramp. So it seems like he'll be back uh, in there for the Cincinnati Bengals. But it's not, you know, it's not warm in Cincinnati this time of year. And, um, you know, they're, they've got players. they got Jamar Chase. Uh, our old boy Irv Smith is down there. Um, Joe Mixon can still run the football. Um, good offensive line and, and a defense that's adequate. Um, 
not the same team as you would face with a Joe Burrow, that's for sure. Um, but I like our chances here with this defense and whatever quarterback they throw out there, as I mentioned earlier. it's I think Jake Browning hasn't seen anything like this. And it's one of those things, Chris, where they can study tape all they want, but they're going to make an adjustment for this game. And that's going to throw all the tape out the window, or at least a lot of it. And you're just going to have to adjust on the fly like every other offense has had to do against it. And, you know, you and I, we talked a little bit off air, and we could maybe get into a little bit of what we think about Flores as a possibility next year. But, you know, as you mentioned off air, it it doesn't look good at chances of of him staying around. Um, That's Let's hold off on that because it hurts. It hurts. (laughs) Let's hold off. I mean, there's a chance, Chris. It's just kind of, you know. With every week, it, the chance gets less <laughs> and does. less and less, you know. Um, but uh, offense is an issue right now. And whatever you do, uh, whether that's Mullins, which I think it's going to be Mullins. Logic says it's going to be Mullins. Yeah. Um, anything else would be a bit of a surprise. I guess. Yeah, because Hall wasn't even active, right? He wasn't no, on the he's a rookie, process. and if you had a better yeah. – if you you know, if you got a more experienced – I mean, we're in December. You know, it's not like this is – Right, true. Early September here. Yeah, wildcat um, race here. Yeah, that's right. true. You know, you're going to go with the veteran, whether that's Dobbs or Mullins, and Dobbs has clearly played himself out of a, a great situation, and so it's got to be Mullins at this point. And you got to think, well, what are his positives and negatives? And, you know, he's good game manager-wise, which is kind of what you need, particularly if you're going to lean on the defense like you have. Uh, but you got to run the football more, I think. Just play the you know time of possession game. Rely on your defense. Give them rests by getting first downs and score a few points. I mean that, and I think you have the tools to do it. If Jefferson is back, which signs are saying that he is going to be back, um, whether you'd agree with that or not, I'm kind of in. The, all right, he's got to link, sit him. You know, sit him again. But you know, other people they have their fantasy football teams and that's right. You know, that takes precedence over everything else apparently. <laughs> over in human life. <laughs> right. So uh I like this I like this to be a win. I'm not gonna go so far as to say that we're gonna score points this time. Um, because the last time uh, we didn't. And you know, I think this is a the identity of this team, regardless of the head coach, is now and going forward till the end of the season is gonna be the defense. And yeah. so we're we're not talking about, you know, we don't have our two, arguably our two best offensive players. I don't even know if that's arguable. It's not. Uh, Cousins and Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you'd have a, a very valid argument saying that somebody else on this offense is better. Well, you could say. Darisaw, I love me perhaps. some Darisaw. Yeah, I love yeah. me some Darisaw. I love right. all that. But, yeah. So two of the three of our yeah. best yeah. Uh, are, are, are out. Um. And that's, you know, if Jefferson does come back, well, that makes it one of the three, but that's a very important one. Um, yeah, I still like it. I like it because of the defense, Chris. I like it. A, a narrow victory again. Oh, a one score win. Um, I think if you went up against Burrow, they'd have a shot, you know, against this, this defense. Um, sure. And, but I don't think it'd be a cakewalk, but I think they'd have a shot. I don't think they have a shot with Browning and I don't think they have a shot with McCarron. If they wanted to, you know, hunker down and do a Belichick thing and just run the ball at us 50 times, there's yeah. a shot. You know, you got right. a shot there. Um, but I don't see them doing that. Obviously, you're getting third and longs. You're going to want to throw the ball. So um, I like the Vikings here. I want to say three points. I want to say a low-scoring game because um, it's going to be cold and outside. 
Um, but I like them. I like the Vikings here, and, and that puts it eight wins. And that's to me is just with what we went into this season, the possibility of eight wins to me just it blows my mind at this point. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I, I push back on that pretty heavily, but I only picked nine, so it's not like I was saying eleven or twelve. But um, well, I don't know. I mean, I based. I mean, our defense. Wins, I, I based the six-win call on the state of the defense. Sure, sure, I hear that. But, but now know, that's completely done. One garbage last year too, though. You know what I mean? That's so, what I'm saying. I thought they were going to be minorly better. Is my point? Um, right. And they're I thought they'd be so bad. Better. Yeah, they're magically better. So you thought they'd even get maybe even worse? Or, and yeah, then, I thought, you know, they, our luck I thought they'd get change. worse or stay the same. You know? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, we were we were going to have a little, you know, bad luck in there, too, considering especially those two games that we had with Buffalo and Indianapolis. It was going to come back to us. But another one-score win, by the way, last week, right? Man, we are just trying to set records with that. But, yeah, it's 39 and a half, right around 39, 39 and a half over, under. So it opened at four. I've seen uh, – Cincinnati is the favorite by four points. I've seen it as low as three and a half. Um, and they don't really run the ball. Uh, they're the second worst team in rushing the ball at 84. We're not even this bad. We've actually gone up to the 90s. I think we're sixth worst or something like that. Um, overall, their offense, um, 22nd in total yards. They're like middle of the pack for passing, but that obviously had Burrow stats in there too. That's what's holding us up to on our passing. Uh, we're still eighth in passing, but a lot of that was Cousins. Um, but we're 12th in total offense still, and like I said, we did bump up. Yeah, sixth worst, but we're up to 95 yards uh, for rushing a game. So that's pretty good. Defensively, though, we're now 10th in yards. Um, what I say? Fifth in scoring. Um, it, it just, I can't stop thinking, what the hell? How did we get here? Um, uh, but for Cincy, though, um, they are, they're literally just one spot ahead of the Raiders, giving up a buck 27, um, a game. So yeah, we gotta run the ball. And you know what? They're 26 in the pass, too. They're 31st in total yards. So there's really no excuse not to move the ball somewhat and just try to, continue, you know, take care of the ball a little bit. And, by the way, Coach K.O. did say that it was a – and you can see it was, like, a little bit more conservative because um, he's like, well, I'm, I'm trying not to have the ball get turned over as much. So, I, you know, see, he did actually kind of put the reins back a little bit, which I think is smart right now because, like my co-host said, you got yourself a defense that's going to keep you in the game. And, and you know, they're going to start scoring touchdowns here soon. So I, I'm with you. Dude, it will be – it will if we win this game, this is from J- Dust, Dustin Baker. The Vikings haven't won at Cincinnati in 31 years. Um, so shit is crazy, sure. Wow. But, yeah, right? Starts to make you think, and if Mullins starts, right, it'll be it'll tie for the record for four different starters in one year. 2013, uh, Castle, Ponder, Webb, and Freeman. So it'll tie that, and I, like we said, we both think Mullins will. But playoff wise, right? 
last the the week before it was rough. This week, of course, the Vikes won, but the Lions lost, Seahawks lost, Falcons lost, and the Rams. So we're in the sixth position. Like I said, even if we went two and two, we we'd be in. Um, but I'm with you. I think that they will get the job done, and I and I literally have like nine to eight. Uh, 16 to 15, 16 to 12. Like, I think my first one was 17 to 6, but I was, or 16, 17, 16. But I thought, ah, oh, man, that's two touchdowns. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. But I do think it'll be a grinded out, ugly game. And uh, if we can just get to like 10 points or 13 points within like the first three quarters, that would probably be enough. That would probably be enough. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think they'll win. Um, on the road, and then have two home games coming up. And like I said, in that in that in that last week, we don't know what Detroit will or will not need. They may take a little break with their guys if they're already slotted. So, um, so yeah, we're both on the same page there. Now, the Gophers, up until recently, had a great week. We'll talk about that in a second. But good old Rossi came in late 2018 when we were just a sieve on defense, giving up like 45, 55, 52. Um, and 2019 was his first year. And, you know, sure, you know, you can blame maybe you said it, I thought best, maybe some of the scheme they needed to be tweaked um, down the stretch. They did give up more big plays than we're used to. Uh, they were 71st. Uh, at 27, now we had a tough-ass schedule, but um, 2019, we're 38th, 2020, 70th. In the last two years before this, 6th and 4th, uh, and then 71st this year. But we, this isn't a shocker just because we all kind of thought heading into this year we're probably not going to hang on to this guy. Um, and, and I figured it would maybe be a smaller non-Power 5 team that he'd just be a head coach on. Um, or it would be money that was thrown at him. And Michigan State, who just got a brand-new coach who did really well. Oregon State, you could defend and you could run the ball. That's a hell of a way to start, you know, a foundation to have when you're at Michigan State. And they could just outspend us like pretty much, you know, most teams can for coaches. Uh, And that's with P.J. Fleck giving up a little of his money to try to up it. I think he was – ready to make 1.1 million uh, Rossi this, this year. Uh, this was his next deal. So um, it's kind of to be expected. I'm assuming Aaron, that it'll be either in-house what we got or a former. So it's kind of in-house, like a former guy that got an upgrade someplace and uh, is going to come back. Now, Jim Leonard for Wisconsin, the guy who was there for a while, he already knows the big 10. He doesn't have a job just yet. Maybe we can earmark some more cash or something like that to get him in. That would be my first choice, like, hands down. I just think that someone would probably pay him more. Um, but my guess is it's it's probably in-house there. Uh, well, I went to the dailygopher.com and gave me a few um, yeah, yeah. Replacements that, you know, I hadn't thought of. Joe Harris-Simiak, he's the defense coordinator at Rutgers, says salary's an issue there. He, he's getting paid well. 
uh, at Rutgers. Nick Monroe, who's the cornerbacks coach and co-defensive coordinator at Minnesota, so that would be an in-house hire. The first guy was kind of in-house, too, because he was here. Okay. Danny Collins, a safeties coach, also in-house, Minnesota. And then we have uh, Tam Lukabu, L-U-K-A-B-U, who's the outside linebackers coach for the Carolina Panthers, Spencer Nowinski, defensive line. Durr was heavy on him. Corey Durr, who's pretty active on Twitter, he was heavy on that last guy you mentioned. Okay. Now, I don't know a lot about these guys. Like I said, I'm just reading from a pretty credible source here. He, this guy, uh, Spence Nowinski, was at Ohio. And those are some of the names. Corey Heatherman is a linebackers coach at Rutgers. So it seems like there's a lot of back and forth going on with Rutgers. Nonetheless, um, you know, Rossi did come in after you said after the 45, 42, 52. I think that was a Maryland game we played in. They just, you know, we defense played well except for the four long runs we gave up. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and wasn't for it, those explosive plays. We really had them. And he really cleaned up that defense. You know, he really did. Over the stretch of his tenure here, excuse me, as DC, the defense was respectable, uh, a little bit tailing off towards the end of this season. Um, but, you know, he got a good gig at Michigan State. Like you said, they got deeper pockets, um, which is kind of weird. But we've got to deepen these pockets here at Minnesota. We, you know, we went about, about it last week, and we'll continue to do so. And that's the name of the game now. College football is different. I think I saw today that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was offered $20 million on an NIL deal. I mean. It wasn't that high, but, yeah, it's 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 close to what he could get in his first year. Yeah, I mean that's it's getting to a point where you know your little ten bucks, yeah, definitely send it, but you might have put some zeros on the bottom of the at the end of that too because it, this is we're not going to go with Ohio State though. I mean, no. they'll forever I mean, beat us. Yeah, but you don't have to feed us attitude. You know, at least you can. No, I'm saying it. money. I'm saying money that's, wise. That's what I'm saying. They already had it before it before NLI. They already had boosters. So I'm saying yeah. it's not defeatist. It's it's reality. I know, but man, I mean, I don't want to get stuck at the bottom of the Big Ten because we can't afford it. But hey, you never know how things are going to go. Um, but Rossi, good luck to you. But finding a replacement is, well, I mean, you can look at the Vikings and see what a good defensive coordinator can do. It's it is important, probably more important than the offensive coordinator, um, for for PJ and his program, um. It's just going to be huge, and he needs to, whether that's in house or out house or you know around the corner or down the street. You got to find somebody who can come in and replace, or even do better uh, than Rossi did, and you know that's that's huge. And you got some good players coming in, like you said, Chris. Good news, you know, followed by bad news, and it's been like that for what the last four shows with the Gophers is like, oh great, but uh, good news, but you know, and that's been happening. Um, uh, Cole Kramer is going to start the uh, the bowl game, so you know I don't know if this is his last year or what. But he's got one more year of eligibility. Okay, well yippee. Um, so that's that's another note there, Chris. But I, you know, PJ said you know you get to a point in your program where this is a regular occurrence where you're losing coordinators, you're losing coaches. Yeah. That's a good place to be, uh, no matter what you say. And um, I guess we're there. But you know Rossi, I think just as a point of continuity, it'll be it'll be tough to you know see him go uh, unless he's really well replaced. 
Yeah, and that's another reason. I'm glad you brought that up. That's another reason why I do believe uh, that they'll bring someone in-house or former in-house because um, that system, right, the flex system on defense has been great for a while. The only time he veered away from it um, was that 2018 year. And he's like, okay, shouldn't have done that. I don't know what I was thinking there. So um, I think that although – I mean, you know, it's not like he was he was Flores, right, on that level, but he, he was damn solid. And so I do think that they, they'll be able to get someone that's right there. But overall, I mean, this is the, the biggest blow right here because other than that, like, Ethan's not that big of a blow even before we didn't know who was going to be quarterback. But now, you know, they did get a quarterback who was on a lot of people's radar. So I think we're going to be okay there. But they got a cornerback. We've been doing this plug-and-play. Trayvon Jones from Elon, I think it is Elon. He came in and plugged and play. We had a couple of those guys uh, do that, that Ryan Stapp was a a good kind of backup as well. We've had success with this FCS transfer stuff. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we knew that Kyler Baugh was leaving, you know, because he's out of eligibility. And he was another guy from uh, Houston Christian who came in. Jack Gibbons, we were just trying to think of his name. Jack Gibbons, Jack Henderson, who's still on the team and played really good this year. So we've had success. So now we got the Max Browser or, or Brosmer. And then Ethan Robinson at corner, who's probably going to be a plug and play. And USC, Auburn, Oklahoma State, some heavy hitters were coming for him. And we we locked and loaded him, and then we got a D tackle because of that Bob. We have you know we kind of do a rotation there, and uh, Louisville, K State, some other heavy hitters. I think I can't remember, but we got him. So we've actually, and just to follow up because we didn't know for a fact last week of all the we had fifteen uh, starters last year with eligibility. We now have fourteen out of those fifteen. Quinn Carroll, the dude from Notre Dame, there's a couple that hadn't hadn't been announced yet. So 14 out of the 15 eligible seniors, not seniors, but um, starters. And the only one is eighth in. And to be honest with you, I wanted him to bring in somebody to challenge him because he hadn't taken a hold of it. So when you bring back that many starters, we're not even talking about guys that come in the rotation either. So it's about 32 guys that were producing overall um and at least in the 20s of guys that are going to get big playing time so it's been a win we'll see what happens here um you know with this d coordinator but uh overall it's been a great off season so far but remember you can't live and die weekly guys okay we got we have four guys now that are pretty highly ranked and they're taking visits one dude's I think from Illinois, he said, I'm, I'm good, I'm staying. I took a visit, but I am staying for sure. Uh, just today, a guy took a visit to USC from Prior Lake, and uh, he decommitted. But you're going to get this. Decommit, find a guy that you didn't think you are going to get. It happens. Like, if they can be calm with it and be able to produce past that, the coaching, I think we should. You know, so everybody calm down. Because just a little bit ago, they were saying, oh, the house is coming down because uh, Dion had some decommits. 
Then he goes out and gets the best O tackle and got like the, the eighth best wide receiver. So everybody just calm down. It happens. We have till December 20th or something until that first, the, the early signees can, can sign up. So everybody calm down. People are going to decommit, but other people will commit. Otherwise, you know, it's been a damn good offseason so far. Kyler Baugh left, Chris? We didn't leave. He doesn't have eligibility. He's oh. played here for two years. He okay. had two years of eligibility. Wow. And that's why they had to go get a replacement um, okay. because he rotated. With some yeah, I like that kid. Too. That was pretty sad to see that. I thought I thought he would be back next year. Wow. Right. No, no, oh. he, he was done, yeah. Hmm. The last two years he's played pretty good, but he he was in the rotation with Eastern and uh, – Richard, whatever, Logan Richard, mm-hmm. those three kind of rotated. So they needed to get someone there. And so yeah. that's why I really like that uh, that D tackle, whether he grabs a starting job or just rotates. Right. Yeah, okay, well, that makes more sense to me. I thought they would be uh, possibly playing together, and I was like, well, that's that's pretty formidable. But, um, yeah, I mean, go ahead. But once again, Dinkytown athletes, become a member or make a contribution, please, and thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is getting to be, you know, I think it'll take five, six years before it all settles into what actually college football looks like now, but it's starting to, you know, really, you're starting to see what it looks like. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's a change and things have to change, but man, uh, definitely dinky town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, make your donations and, and, you know, we, it's, you would think that we could handle something like that as community being a, 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 in a major city and all that with the companies and so on. So I, I hope that really works out that way. And, and, uh, but nonetheless, definitely follow the show anywhere you can. Chris mentioned the college ball show. If you're into college football, probably get into the subject a lot more in depth. That's the college ball show, um, on the same places you can get this, you know, Spotify. Um, the, the hub is Ropa Dope Radio. There's a lot of places you can get anywhere you find Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you find your podcast, you'll get the Purple People Leaders Podcast, the College Ball Show, any number of, of other shows. Um, but let's hope that we can score more points offensively. Um, like I said, 17 will do it. I think if we get 17 in any given game, I'm pretty sure, with the exception of a couple teams out there like Kansas City or or whatnot, sure, that yeah. you can win this game. But, uh, you know, this defense is holding us in there. Let's hope it continues to do so. And, so Jefferson comes back and, and Mullins can throw to him. I mean, I think that is a recipe for success. And who thought we'd be a legitimate playoff team at this point? Uh, you know, that's shocking to me, and it will be. But nonetheless, um, we will see you next week. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.